It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Well, my guest this morning, I can't even believe it. I'm beside myself with excitement about my guest this morning. She's Paula Dean, queen of the Food Network. All of her cookbooks, <laughs> her magazines, everything. Queen, oh. queen of food, aren't you, Amy. Paula? Thank you. So sweet. Well, my rear end looks like I am. <laughs> But you know, I've told you like five times so far, you look great. You look really, really great. Thank you. Well, I have some good people that work on me every day. Well, they're doing a good job, but some of that's natural. You just look like a million bucks. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You ain't so bad yourself, well, sister. thank you. We'll go out on the town. There you go. But you brought that husband of yours along with you. I so. did. I did. He's roaming around here somewhere trying to check in. He thought we had pulled up to the hotel. <laughs> well, you're in Cincinnati to promote your latest book, The yes. Dean Family Cookbook, yes. and all filled with the family recipes. And I guess it really did start. Your whole direction in food started with your grandmother, didn't it really? It, it really did. You know, food was kind of, um, it was kind of our life because it was certainly our livelihood. My grandmother and grandfather were in the restaurant and lodging business. And, um, my grandmother really made my granddaddy a good living. She couldn't drive a car. He never let her drive a car. So she was always there taking care of their businesses and in that kitchen doing the cooking. And she had three daughters, one of them my mother, and all three of her daughters are fabulous cooks. And, you know, it's just always been there, always been there. Those big, wonderful, juicy hams and uh, chitlins. <laughs> Y'all probably don't eat chitlins up this Not way. Not a lot, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, I think that's so much of what gets handed through to a family, though, isn't Absolutely. it? It's, it's more than the the uh, heirlooms that can, you know, over time break down. These yes. things last forever as they long last as we... forever. Yeah. The memories that I had in the kitchen uh, with my grandmother will will take me to my grave. Um, you know, I lost my mother when she was very young. She was 44 years old. And uh, my daddy died at 40. So after my father died, she had to go back to work. And uh, so she and I didn't have a lot of time in the kitchen. And But my grandmother, her mother, lived to be 91. So I do have many wonderful memories of my time with her. And uh, it, it's... To me, it's just a great connection. Yeah. Uh, three days ago, Monday morning before we flew out for New York, I called Jamie and I said, please bring Jack, who is my one and only grandchild. I said, please bring him over and let me see him because I'm going to be gone for a week. And uh, Jack walked in the house and he looks at me and he smiles and he says, let's cook, Guinea. Oh, God. He started out trying to, they t- were teaching him to call me Granny and it came out Guinea. So I said, okay, darling, let Guinea get the pots. And so I went went in the kitchen, got my pots. I got fresh tomatoes and potatoes, uh, Fruit Loops. Um, <laughs> Critical when you're cooking yes. with a grandchild. Yes. <laughs> and I took it, all of this into the living room, and we used the coffee table. That was our stove. And <clears throat> hopefully, he he's only two and a half, but... We're just, this is just the beginning for the two of us building those kitchen memories. And I hope that 
that's how he will remember me. Oh, He's yeah. cooking with his guinea. You know, it's just a great place uh, for everybody to just kind of leave all their worries, just kind of let their guard down and uh, just create yep. and have fun. And um, and does he know the whole of America is cooking with his guinea, too? <laughs> he has no idea. I'll uh, show him one of my magazines and I'll say, who's that, Jack? You know, just look at it. <laughs> like, well, eating everybody's guinea on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> on the front of a magazine. He has not a clue. <laughs> well, of course, you weren't always on the front of a magazine. You weren't always no. a star of the Food Network. And I know you worked really, really hard to get where you've gotten. I did. And, and I, I'm sure that sometimes people just, you know, look at you and go, sure, what a glamorous life. But there really was a lot to get you here. It really was. It was so not glamorous, the trip. And even today, with life so good, all of God's blessings, uh, it's still not glamorous. Yeah, it's a lot of work to this day. That's right. It's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, that's why we call it, I'm going to work. (laughs) I'm not going to play. I'm going to work. But do Um, you get a chance to play with those? Yes, we do. That's good. And the, the team, my extended family... Um, we all, they, we all share a, a, a genuine love for each other. So when we travel on the road, we have fun. That's good. We have fun. And I said, wouldn't it be horrible to have to get up and go to work every day and abhor what you're doing? Exactly. I feel sorry for that man and woman that has to do that. Yeah. Because even though we're working and it's hard and the hours are long, some of our best laughs are when we've, we're together on the road. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know, now the economy, there's so many people who are facing job losses yes. and things like that. And you can relate to when you were really struggling to make ends meet. Absolutely, I can. You know, any Very sort of words me. of assurance or, or maybe encouragement to people who are facing some of what you face similarly? You know, um, oh. It's a hard we're one, I know. All, it, it is. It's hard. But we're all in this together, you know, and it's all kind of relative. Um, you know, some people make more money than others, but everybody's affected in their own way when times get like right. this. And we just have to hunker down. Uh, and as I told my team, as it gets, as these times get tough, we just work harder. And... Uh, don't forget how thankful we are to have our jobs. And you know, sit around the table together now more than ever absolutely. is the time to sit together as I, a family. And- absolutely, Amy. I think people are doing more nesting mm-hmm. now um, rather than doing a lot of eating out. Uh, but I tell you what, we've had a hard winter, haven't we? Y'all have probably had a real hard winter. Yeah. And you just almost get cabin fever. So I predict a very big spring for us in Savannah because, uh, you know, like I said, of the cabin fever, people wanting to get out. They may not go to London. They may not go to Paris, but they'll ride a few hours down the road. And Savannah's a beautiful Savannah is a beautiful, magical place. Yeah, my nephew goes to SCAD. You're kidding. What a great school is that. It's supposed to be one of the finest art schools in the eastern part of the United States. And the school has grown incredibly. I've been in Savannah, I think this is 21 years for me now. 
and downtown Savannah is SCAD's campus. Yeah. You know, it's that they are they are just growing by leaps and bounds and and doing something for Savannah that probably would not happened without them. And uh, they buy all these old buildings and they restore them beautifully. And otherwise, you know, I hate to think without SCAD, you know, who would have come in and had the money to to do that? Right. So they have really preserved and saved our town, don't you think, Jamie? Especially the historic district. When I say Jamie, y'all, my uh, my hairdresser's in here with me. <laughs> I keep waiting for him to touch mine up, but yeah. he's not. He's probably thinking there's no help there. Well, he, he knows he knows that we might both have radio faces today, so he's not fooling with us. <laughs> Well, but Jamie is my hairdresser, y'all, not my son, Jamie. There you go. But it's easy when they all have the same name. You can just call out. <laughs> yes, it, ma- it makes it so nice. Eventually, I'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, you are preserving more than Savannah. You're preserving these recipes from your family, from your friends. Of course, you've got your recipes in the new Dean family cookbook. Yes. And and that's another thing, though, is in, the, in this economy, is that Southern cuisine has a lot of inexpensive stuff to make. You can still eat great on a budget, can't it you? It really, really does. There ain't nothing better than a pot of hot, buttered, salty grits. Yeah. Now, we can eat those three times a day down south. We can have them for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. You're talking about pennies. Yeah. Pennies. And what does an egg cost? Seven or eight, nine cents an egg. I mean, you can have a fabulous uh, winter breakfast. Yeah. Of those grits and eggs. Let's see what else we have. Uh you know, ham hock, that's not too expensive. A bag of dried butter beans, you know, you're looking at a dollar thirty nine. Yeah. And uh paying a good old hot cornbread. Oh yeah. <laughs> now shut That'll up. cure what ails you. <laughs> <laughs> And when there were two different cultures talking just there, huh? And you're talking about maybe four bucks for the whole family. There you so, go. Yeah, yeah, we've got a we've got a lot of things. You know, you can still eat like a king on a on a um, beggar's purse. Yep, yep, I agree. Well, I know you're here promoting the new book, and it's a fabulous book, and there's so much good stuff going on in your life, and you you. deserve it. I'm just so impressed by you. Amy, well, I feel like God's overblessed me, but thank you for saying that. But, you know, I'm living proof, y'all. I'm living proof. I'm a girl with a 12th grade education and barely got there. Barely. I graduated on a shoestring. Actually, I got a certificate and then had to go to summer school to get my diploma. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it was. Because you had ideas of your own, didn't you? I had you a social life. I had a very busy social life, uh, which didn't include those books. I turned it around in the back seat of my car. <laughs> you know, I was worried about who I was going out with that weekend and what dress was I going to wear yep. and what cheer was I going to cheer. And that was about the... Uh, Highlight of my existence. But did you know in your heart even then that you were going places? I mean, I, no, you know, it was my goal. I wanted to be a wife and mother. I wanted to be a mommy so bad. And I did become, a, I married at 18, became a mother at 20. Uh, and it was great. It's, there's, there's a lot of pluses 
to being a mother, a young mother. Uh, but there's also a lot of pluses in being an older mother. You know, I feel like sometimes I'm as the same age as my children. <laughs> uh, but when you're 18, 20, 21 having children, there's a good chance that you can't take care of them financially. Yeah. Like you could had you waited. Um, but I'm, I'm just, um, I'm real proud of my boys. And don't I'm you real think proud you're of Michael's children? Yeah. Don't you think your your real effort to to come where you've gotten today has made your boys probably a lot more grounded than if they had just landed into this life? Well, I think so. Um, the way that we got started, I started the bag lady when I was 42 years old and I had $200 to start this endeavor. And you know, if I had it all to do over again, Amy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that because only having $200, it allowed me to grow each day as my business grew. And I, it gave me time to figure things out. And when you only have that little bit of money, you can't make mistakes. Right. If somebody had thrown money at me and said, Paula, I think you're a great cook. Let's, I'm going back in this restaurant. I would have failed miserably, but uh, I did not have that happen. So, like I said, I was able to grow and understand and learn, teach myself about business. And, uh, you know, it worked out really good. That $200 wound up lasting me seven years. Wow. Before I ever had to go to the bank and borrow a penny. And that's when I finally made my move to downtown Savannah. Uh, I was dying to get down there because, you know, even, even as Savannah went through a digression period, uh, there in the sixties, seventies and eighties, like a lot of towns, you know, it's all suburbs and, and malls. Um, so, uh, we still had a lot of tourists, and I felt like my food belonged down there because I felt like there was so much history in the type of cooking that I did. And uh, that, too, worked out very well. But I'm living proof, y'all, that the American dream is still alive out there. Uh, you can be or do anything you want to. And I would preach that to my children when they were growing up. And when I saw that there was going to be no money for college and they had no desire, uh, I tried to tell my boys, you know, college is not mandatory to succeed. It certainly gives you the edge, but that does not have to stop you from being successful at whatever you choose to do. And uh, I would tell them you can be or do anything you want to. And the whole time I was preaching this to them, I don't think I was selling myself. I don't think I was buying it. But now I know that I did tell them correctly. And I'm living proof that the American dream still exists. You just got to be willing to roll up your sleeves and work for it. Thank (laughs) you so much. Thank you, Amy. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q102. You